Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest and greatest episode of Game Rivals. I'm one of your hosts, Max Miliax, and as always with me is the lovable, the huggable, the one in the fastest car, the one that always loves to say, boy, and the one that always wants to go back through the rifts. It's Sean Templer. How's it going, Sean? I'm good. I don't know if I can live up to all those things you said, but I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm very good. We finally were out of the uh, the lockdown that we had. Yes. Finally got to see Spider-Man No, uh, no Way Home. Woo! Very happy. Uh. Um, a lot of a lot of stuff has happened. A lot of good stuff. A lot of less good stuff. A lot of interesting stuff has happened, but we'll talk about that in the news segment. And uh, I think that we've both been playing a decent amount of games. I don't know about you, but I've been playing a certain game. Uh, I've also been playing a certain game. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, so, you know what? Let's just jump right into things. Um, let's start off with uh, one of, I think, probably both one of our most favorite games uh, on PlayStation 4. Um one one that I actually referenced in your intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God of War came to PC uh, two weeks ago, and uh, it's uh, the most successful PlayStation PC launch so far. Um, a lot of people uh, love it. Um, it's a great PC port. They really went all the way to make it to make sure that it's a great port. It also supports a lot of cool stuff like uh, Nvidia DLSS. Uh, video reflex amd vsr uh it has a lot of that stuff in there and then you can like tweak a lot of the settings if you choose the original preset you be in a graphic setting that's like the ps4 version or the ps4 pro version and then you can go on top of that um i've seen comparisons like with the, um, the digital foundry comparison um it looks really nice compared to the ps4 mm -hmm. version even though the ps4 version already looks really nice um, but this is like it adds like a lot more detail in in areas that you normally may might not see or expect. So, um, well, DLSS will do that for you. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, like it's a PC launch. It sold more than Horizon. It sold more than Days Gone. Though I don't think Days Gone was a really popular one, which is a shame because it's a really great game. Um, so again, yes, yeah. So I think that is it's just the notoriety, right? I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's such a shame because the game really, like, I'm one of the biggest ambassadors for that game. That game is really, really good. I recommend it to everyone. Um, yeah, it's maybe like get a little bit tricky to get into, but once you're in it, I mean, I loved every second of it. Um, mm -hmm. Sony's also going to do a um. The Uncharted uh, Legacy of Thieves port to the PC. I think that's the only the PS5 that... version came out. So like the PC version is coming out. Yeah, later. that thing that one is. Wait, isn't that supposed to drop this week? Uh, no, so the PS5 version dropped last week on Friday. Last week, yeah. And the PC version is coming out somewhere in 2022. Uh, huh. That's a weird decision. I think it's easier to do the PS5 version than the PC port. Yeah, maybe. Plus, there are rumors floating around that Sony is going to do a lot more PC ports. People are suggesting Ghost of Tsushima might be one. Um, oh, I think that's pretty pretty much a given at this point, especially yeah. with how well God of War did. Yeah, like especially like in general, even if um, uh, uh, 
you know, Days Gone is the worst sold of the of the bunch. Mm-hmm. It still sold pretty well. Yeah. So I think, and especially since it's on Steam, I'm pretty sure like a lot of sales that are going to be coming up are going to do it a lot of good. Yep. Um. So I don't think it's like I don't think it's gonna do terrible numbers. I personally don't think it did bad. It uh, did surprisingly well for a game that a lot of people kind of dismissed at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, uh, Ghost of Tsushima kind of seems like a slam dunk um, decision to do. I don't know what else they might do. I don't know if they'll actually touch like, for example, R- Ratchet and Clank. I don't know if they would do that. Yeah, so th- there are multiple games that are being rumored. So Last of Us is being rumored. Spider-Man is being rumored. So basically, like, the major PS PlayStation exclusives. Yeah. Um, I think people would love a Last of Us on the on the PC because, you know, it's a pretty controversial game, the second part. Um, yeah. And... That was I mean, so, that's what that's why I made that looks like. Yeah, the, the funny thing is, is that it took a while for Sony to be convinced to do it because apparently... Uh, it came up in an interview with uh, Corey Barlock that they asked him, like, is God of War or Ragnarok going to be a PC release day and date? And he said, no, well, the first thing we're working on is the PS5 and 4 version. Um, I don't have the time and the resources to think of something else right now. Um, but he said that he's, he really would like to do it. Um, it's just a matter of resources because um, at, in the beginning, the, a lot of Sony's internal studios had to kind of like convince Sony to do it, to to bring games to the PC because Sony at first really? wasn't. Yeah, so at first they weren't really like a, a big fan of it, but because multiple internal studios kept on asking, kept on suggesting it as ideas for a pretty long period, apparently, Sony finally was like, okay, you know what? Fine, let's just do it and we'll see how it goes. Um, and it's uh, a gamble apparently they took, and it's one that's paying off right now because um, it's bringing new people into the PlayStation ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Wait, what, which what, which game was the first one that actually got a release again? Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. All right, so they started with Horizon, and then they did Days Gone. Then they did Days Gone. Then they did God of War. No, Death Stranding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Death Stranding was already announced as a PC PlayStation game from the beginning. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So when it was first announced, it was already PS4, PC. It's just that the PC uh, version came out a couple of months later. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Are you sure Are you sure you don't mean a couple of years later? No, I think the PC version for Death Stranding came out in 2020 because it had like a collab with uh, Cyberpunk. It had like oh, Cyberpunk wow. stuff in it, like a uh, Cyberpunk themed uh, gear, stuff like that. Wow. That, fe- that feels like an like an age ago well the funny thing is is in the director's cut there's um missions you get from a certain v and uh, you need to do side quests for that person and then when you do it you get the strand uh cyberpunk gear so you can get like johnny silverhand's arm my uh sam bridges mm-hmm. had that for example and it's not just cosmetic it's also functional so it would allow oh. you to climb better or something like that so yeah that's pretty cool yeah Hmm. I still haven't gotten the director's cut update. I might have to do that somewhere down the line. It's not like expensive anyway. It's ten bucks. Yeah. Exactly. It's just uh, I don't know, man. That ending still kind of haunts me. Uh, you're not the only one. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I mean, at least at least that. Uh, I mean, at least it's nice to see that Sony is branching out in this way. 
because Microsoft has been doing that for a really long time with you know like Game Pass and stuff. Yeah, and um, I feel like the rumors around like Project Spartacus is still like like it's still hovering around. I but think, we know that Sony's uh, up to something. Yeah, I think like. Um... I don't know if Sony's going to participate. I think Sony's going to do their own event again this year because I think that they, you know, they like it because it controls the narrative and it allows them to, you know, grab all the spotlight instead of sharing it during like an E3 or a Gamescom week. So maybe in the summer, they'll do another PlayStation showcase that will last two hours. And then I think like that's the, the perfect place to announce this new Game Pass competitor. Um they just need to make sure that it's compelling and it offers value because I don't think at this point people are waiting for PS3 games, PS2 games, and PS1 games. I mean, we already have that. I am. Yeah, okay. But like, do you have a PlayStation Now subscription? Yeah, no, I don't. Because that's basically what that is right now. So it's like... Yeah, but that's because I'd have to pay like an extra, like what, seven bucks a month? Yeah, but I, th- I think this PlayStation, this Game Pass competitor is like an extra tier on top of the PlayStation Plus you already have. I mean, if they do, like, okay, so I know that it's really unpopular, but if they do what Nintendo did in terms of like, oh, it's like something that you add to the subscription service yeah. and it's an annual thing that you can get, that's fine. Like, I love Game Pass, but the only reason why Game Pass has value to me or... or uh, why the value to me speaks to me is because at least if you have an Xbox, you don't have to pay for live anymore if you get Game Pass Ultimate. Mm-hmm. Because that's included in it. If you mm-hmm. just get regular Game Pass, you still have to pay for live. Which is stupid. It doesn't just, make sense. But yeah, exactly. Like, just get the extra um, you know, just pay the extra couple of bucks a month and just do that instead. Also, um, if you're very, very, if you're like a very good, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? If you're a very good deals hunter, you could probably find a really good deal on Game Pass, Ult- uh, uh, Game Pass Ultimate and get it for cheap and just like stockpile it and just redeem them all because they, um, they auto roll over to like the next one that you redeem. So it stacks it's like it's a stacking subscription thing. Yeah, it, that's really cool. That. Exactly. I know like there are a bunch of people that I know that did that that paid like 90, 90 plus euros and they have like Game Pass for like three years. Yeah. Yeah. If you have like an if you have like an Xbox Series S even, that's like a a hell of a deal. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like it's it's the yeah the question is 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 they are they going to offer something compelling? If they say like we're gonna offer you a service that includes PS Five games, and it's gonna be day and date, that offers tremendous value. But now the rumors are yeah they're gonna put in PS Five games, but it's not gonna be day and date. So you might get like the games from the last few months, and then in the future they'll add the newer games. And I'm like yeah, but people are not waiting for that. People want. Just the good stuff from the first day comes out. They don't want to wait over, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least uh, when it comes to, like, you know what? I guess we're just going to have to wait and see when they announce this stuff, right? Um, and like you said, they're probably going to do their own thing because they've been doing their own thing for quite some time. 
including doing a new state of play. Yeah, it got which comes out that. day and date with this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it got announced today, so that's on Monday, and they're doing a thirty-minute state of play exclusively around Gran Turismo Seven, which is of course coming up in March. So, mm. um, yeah, I think that game deserves a little bit more attention than it did in the last few uh, months. Um, yes. I did notice that the game is picking up more on the marketing. I'm seeing more and more videos coming out for it. I'm just not a huge Gran Turismo fan, so it's not like I'm checking it out. But I, I've yeah, seen more know. stuff pop up in my YouTube feed. So hmm. That's funny. It hasn't on my end. But then again, I'm not a very big sim racing guy. I'm also not into like Forza uh, Motorsport. Mm. Although, like... The only thing that kind of really intrigues me about Forza is that they've done some really interesting collabs, like the Hot Wheels one and the Legos one. And the Fast and the Furious um, one. Yeah, I guess if that's your thing. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I don't hate Fast and the Furious. It's just... Yeah. It's Fast and the Furious. Yeah. <laughs> They're nine movies in, you know. Yeah. They uh, they missed uh, the part on ending on a high a couple of movies ago. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Oh, well, it is what it is. Yeah. What? Wow, I feel like we keep saying that a lot. I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But yeah, I mean, it's a half hour. Yes. I don't know what we're, I don't know what to expect other than that they're going to, they're going to show a lot of car beauty. Um, It's going to look, it's, it's going to look pretty. Yeah. It's going to look realistic. But you know what? <sighs> And I've said this like many times before, maybe not on a podcast, but many times before, like racing games, especially sim racing games, are the easiest way to showcase like how impressive new tech looks, like new graphical tech is. Mm -hmm. Because at this point, how much more realistic is a racing game going to look before people say like, this is the uncanny valley? Because there's a lot of like, like even like past Gran Turismo games and past Forza games, I look at that stuff. If you look at it from like from a distance, from a decent distance, you would not think that that was in uh, that was rendered in three D. I've had with starting with Gran Turismo Five on the PS three, I had these moments where I thought it like came really close to looking photorealistic. Yeah, and especially like the F one games. I mean, you play them a lot, so mm -hmm. for you, it's it's pro you're you're probably like, oh yeah, this is just like you know, this is natural to me. This is like, <laughs> yeah, this is like normal. Like yeah, I, it looks realistic. Yeah, that, yeah. that that's 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 about right. Yeah. Actually, speaking of which, like the last F one game, mm -hmm. have they put out like a native next gen version, or is that like a cross gen thing? Uh, so it came out when it came out. It was automatically available on all platforms, so PS Five, PS Four, Xbox One. Okay, so it's still a cross-gen game. Yes, yeah. I think you're going to start seeing uh, in the next year, maybe, because I know that there are rumors floating around that there's work on a Warzone Two, and that will be exclusively for next-gen consoles, not uh, not previous gen or. So it won't only be on PS5 and Series X and stuff like that, not on the PS4 anymore. Oh. Yeah. They use their own internal engine, don't they? They do. It's, um, I think it runs off the Modern Warfare engine. All right. 
Yeah. And that's going to be interesting to see because, like, if you look at stuff made in, like, Unreal Engine 5, it looks pretty, pretty impressive. It looks um, scary, impressive, scarily pretty because it just blends that re- reality thing. I mean, I haven't, st- I still haven't tried the mat- the mat- matrix thing, thing, but I've seen videos. And I'm like, oh, this looks a bit too real. A bit too, yeah. It's that uncanny value. Yeah, because we're not used to it. I mean, like, um, what is like the previous game on PS4? I think something like uncharted or the last of us and even there it doesn't look like photorealistic it looks really nice but you can still tell it's a game when you see it yeah because the humans are stylized yeah yeah and i don't know i it's gonna be super weird because like for example i no no i wanted to say forspoken was unreal engine 5 but forspoken is using square enix's proprietary luminous engine Mm. So basically the same engine that they like an evolved version of the engine that they used for um Final Fantasy 15. Mm, okay. Yeah. So uh I mean I guess it's just a matter of time. I will see on Wednesday. Um yeah. How 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 pretty it is and how how much detail they put into it. Well, apparently it takes, for- it takes six months to model a car. Yeah, I think they uh, spend a lot of years modeling a bunch of cars. Yeah, but, but, but the annoying part is, is and I, I don't know if they still intend to do it or still do it in Gran Turismo Sport, for example, is that they have like multiple levels of cars. So they have like premium cars, which is like a small selection of cars they have in the game, which have like which are the prettiest cars. They have like all the details in there. And then they have less premium cars, which still look really nice, but sometimes they're just models ported over from older Gran Turismo games. Because I think it was in, in one of the Gran Turismo games, they said like, we have over 600 cars, but not all 600 cars. You could see the dashboard or the or the steering wheel, like the, the, the cockpit view. You could only yeah. look from the bonnet, you know, so from the hood. So... Um, because then they were like, oh yeah, but these models are ported over Gran Turismo 4 and those are not really as detailed as, uh, I think that was on the <laughs> PS3 back in the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I remember that. I yeah. Remember that <laughs> that yeah. was so funny. It's like, wow, you're boasting about something that is like nothing to boast over. Yeah, but I like think from what I heard, this Gran Turismo is a bit like old school Gran Turismo because in sport, you couldn't really tune out your car so you couldn't replace parts and tune it from what I understood. And this one is going to be like the old school one where you can upgrade the engine and tune and fine tune the whole car. Was Sport supposed to be a competitor for like Forza Horizons? Mm, not that I know of, because it was still a racing sim, whereas Forza Horizon is more like a need for speed kind of game. Far more arcadey. Yeah. Well, seeing as need for speed is well and dead now. I think they're still working on a new game, but um oh no it's yeah i mean they might be working on a new game but like the ip is well and dead yeah yeah they made like a remake of uh, remaster of hot pursuit i think two two years ago but like the first yeah, thing it that was I... a remake so like it was it wasn't the same game but it was in the same spirit yeah like i would hot have said pursuit. go go for an underground remake just you sh- they should have made underground because that would have played into the nostalgic feeling of everybody and that would have sold like uh Hot cakes or yeah, whatever. we keep saying that. I think part of it is um, 
I don't think EA Tracks exists anymore as an entity. I don't know. Because that, like, part of the whole underground thing, part of the whole, like, EA, wasn't it part of EA's, like, underground? Was that EA Sports Big? No, I don't think so. It was just. Was that regular EA? Yeah, it was regular games. EA, yeah. Because, yeah. like, the whole thing with, like, the whole EA Tracks was they got all licensed music and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know if that department in EA still exists for them to do that. I don't know. Because they'd have to relicense all the songs, and I'm pretty sure they'd license new songs. Because that's what they did with Tony Hawk, mm. uh, Pro Skater 1 and 2. They didn't get all the all the tracks. They got like the iconic tracks, and they added, added a bunch of new tracks. Mm, okay. Which, honestly, you probably wouldn't even be able to tell, because the soundtrack in the, in, in the, in the remix is really good. Mm, nice. Yeah, I really love it. Like even like some of the new tracks. Like one of my, uh, one of my favorite uh, new tracks they added to that one is called "Shutdown" by Skepta, and it's a, like a really good song. Mm. Like it's a really good rap. So. Nice. Yeah, and they still have the classics in there, you know, like Superman, and it is fun. Um, but yeah, I I would be curious. Like I think we've been talking about it for a really long time. Like they really should, um. They really should do underground again. Yeah, underground was a re- was really fun. Yeah, I feel like yeah they did underground one and two, and then they did most wanted. And I liked most wanted. It was a launch game for the Xbox three hundred and sixty. I feel like after most wanted, it went downhill. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely flipping loop. Yeah, and they had like <laughs> one or two good ones in the in the whole batch they released because eventually they also made like a bit of a sim kind of like a sim racer kind of one. I think that one was done by Ghost Games, but like, if they released like, for example, ten games, maybe two were good and eight were bad. Yeah. What What was the one with the cop where you have like played with like a police officer? And I don't like even know. Whole... That was with the quick time events where you got out of the car. It was horrible. Oh, that was so bad. Yeah. That was so bad. Oh man. Um. Well, before we get to the really big news, um, I want to talk about one more thing. Um, as you could probably could tell um, from behind me, uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus finally released. Yay. And I'll definitely be talking about my opinions in what we've been playing. So if you want to hear about that, stick around for that. Um, it's going to be, I think it's, if you're not convinced about getting it yet, unless you're a super big, big Pokemon fan, um, which, by the way, I am a Pokemon fan. I do not consider myself a big fat Pokemon fan. So, like, okay, like I'll get more into detail in what we've been playing. But I wanted to talk about the reception of Pokemon Legends Arceus because it's been kind of what's the best word to use? Divisive, mixed. Because on the one hand, it's it's mixed. On the one hand, like reviewers really love like the change in the gameplay and uh and the mechanics and whatnot on the other hand everybody and i do mean even the positive reviews everybody rags on the graphics yeah but i think that is just a matter because i was talking to someone else about it i think like that's just simply the case that it's it's they're hitting into the limitations of the switch from a hardware point of view because 
like it's not fully open world and then somebody said yeah but uh, breath of the wild is full open world and it looks beautiful said, yeah but breath of the wild yeah but there are two different games that plus for me that the world of breath of the wild doesn't live as it's not as lively as what you would expect from a pokemon game because there are like parts in breath of the wild from what i played which are like open vast fields or plains but there's like there's like a tree here and a tree there but it's not like it's filled with people you know and with a to be fair it is post-apocalyptic yeah but like the idea what i would say is what i said is like okay but in a pokemon game i expect the world to be more alive because these pokemons are in the wild so you need to have more of them to convey the idea that the world is alive and there I think we're running into the technical limitations of the Switch. Like if they did something like this on a on a PlayStation or on an Xbox, it would be completely different because everybody would have like praised it for the graphics because the world was so pretty and so alive. Because we would have probably gotten something like Temtem maybe. It looked like I, I think Temtem looks pretty nice. Yeah, I mean Temtem does look nice, but part of Temtem's appeal is the aesthetics. Yeah, or like, I mean, like, they wouldn't have gone with, like, a Horizon Zero Dawn, but I think we would have gotten something close to that from a graphics point of view if they did something on a PlayStation or on an Xbox. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not, here's the thing, I'm not disagreeing with, like, the graphical aspect Mm -hmm. of it, and most of them, they're blaming, like, well, Game Freak and Pokemon has, like, like, it makes, like, a lot of money, how are they not investing in the graphics, and it's like, So the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because very simply, there are a few factors that come into this outside of the fact that it's running on a Switch. Mm -hmm. For one, Game Freak is an independent developer. It is not owned by Nintendo. Okay. So everything they do, they have to do on their own. Yes, Nintendo publishes the games and uh, the Pokemon company foots the bill for promotional stuff. But outside of that, Game Freak has to do everything by themselves. Breath of the Wild, they had like Nintendo had like access to Monolith Soft, which are the which are the people that did um, uh, Xenoblade, uh, you know, the, the Xenoblade Chronicles games, and they just finished doing Xenoblade X at that time, which was this like really big open world game, which like with massive zones with beautiful vegetation with like free travel on foot and in a gosh darn mech for crying out loud. You could just fly everywhere and everywhere was accessible with like almost like zero to no loading areas, which is ridiculous on the Wii U for crying out loud. So yeah, they were able to tap that because Monolith is owned by Nintendo. So they were more than happy. Well, I don't know if they were happy, but they were more willing and able to help like the Zelda team to achieve their goal. Mm-hmm. And I would not be surprised if the Breath of the Wild sequel is also utilizing uh, Monolith once again to help them on at least with making and shaping that world. Like Nintendo has resources. Game Freak does not. Yeah, but then also, I would say, why does, why does Nintendo not share those resources? Because that's what Sony does. Sony has their internal like technology group which basically has a lot of people from different studios working or sharing their knowledge and then when you're uh when you're making a game for playstation or when you're like a second party developer maybe even third party if you ask sony for help they're like hey man we have this huge database and knowledge base of all these smart ass people that came up with the most craziest of techniques 
here's here's the stuff you're looking for or let's see who we can bring you into touch with because you can you see it even with the games blending over like the climbing mechanics in horizon zero dawn look like something from out of uncharted Mm -hmm. you know so you're like i've seen that before so the teams help each other so as as advocate of the devil i was like but hey nintendo if you're so big why aren't you helping these guys out here's the thing nintendo used to do that back in the n64 days That's 20 no, years. like no, I'm not even. I'm no, not I understand, but that's like, like almost that's 20 years ago. Yeah, but mm, I think what happened is they kind of got burned by that because, for one, the N64 did not sell that well, and mm-hmm. also whatever partnerships they still had left, kind of, I don't want to say fizzled, but pe- I think people might have soured on it in terms of like internal, like between like Nintendo and like other parties, especially after Rare got sold. Um, cause that, that was kind of part of it as well. Um, I think they still do something like that, just not to that extent. Mm. And, um, with Pokemon, um, I mean, even like with Pokemon, like if you go back to when the first Pokemon game was going to be released, like Iwata, who at the time was not even working for Nintendo, was working for HAL Laboratories, um, he jumped in and basically saved like Pokemon uh, Gold and Silver. He w- he's the reason why we have like two different campaigns in one big game already, mm. as chopped up as as he had to do it eventually. But if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't be able to do that. And that was that was like Nintendo saying like, "Hey, here's this dude that we know from this other company that could probably help you out. Um, he's been doing like." worked for us as well in the past and he's done miracles like i was like super good like at programming um but i don't know if they still do that at least not to that extent which is kind of disappointing and i agree with you if they would do something like that it would be really great because at that point you know game freak would have the resources needed or at least have the assistance needed to do it yeah the other problem is game freak has spent a really long time being a handheld developer. So they're still literally transitioning to HD. Mm. So basically what every other company did like five, 10 years ago, they're only doing now. Like they have released HD games. Like for example, Tempo the Badass Elephant is a PC as um was on PC. And I think it was also on consoles and uh Giga Breaker. Is another one that they did. Like that's like a game free game that is not published by Nintendo. It's on multiple systems, including Switch. And like that's also an HD game, but that's like a 2D. It, like both Tembo the Badass Elephant and Giga Breaker are both 2D games. Like um, no polygons in, needed, right? So that's their that's kind of their wheelhouse. Doing 2D stuff, like they're good at 2D stuff. Um, 3D stuff, I think. They got their first taste of it when they did X and Y back in the day on the on the 3DS. And, you know, with Sun and Moon. But if you look at the models there, they're not that high res. Yeah. Like, they're reasonably high res enough for the 3DS because it scales it down and whatnot. And then the first one they actually did for consoles was Pokemon Let's Go and uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. And then they did Sun and Moon. So I think Game Freak is still finding its way. And I think that's one of the reasons why they made Pokemon Legends 
Because comparatively, Pokemon Legends still kind of in certain aspects looks better than Pokemon Sword and Shield, at least when it comes to like the wild area. Like certain aspects look better, certain aspects don't. Um, but I feel like people are giving Game Freak a bit of a unnecessary hard time because they ex- they have way too high expectations from them. Mm. I mean, you can't have high expectations for the Switch because the Switch is like seriously old by now. Um, especially like the Tegra One chip, it's like really the fact that like um, Dying Light runs natively on Switch is. I don't know, again, what kind of magic some developers pull out of their hat to put games like that on the system is beyond me. (laughs) But at least you can say, like, they have the resources to do it. I don't think at this point in time, Game Freak has that resource, those resources yet, but they are working on it. That's at least that's at least how I think that is. So, you know, it's it's fine what you think about the graphics. but it is, I think that's where most people are kind of falling in. And that's where the mixed, um, I, th- I think that's where the mixed, uh, you know. Uh, Response. Yeah, thank you. Responses are coming from. Because I don't think, like, people don't hate the game for the gameplay, at least. I heard at least the great stories of, about like, the gameplay. Like, most, most of the reviews like the gameplay. There are some that don't. <laughs> um yeah, like I saw a review from PC, like from PC World. I'm like, why in the Sam Hill is PC World reviewing Pokemon? Yeah, that's so <laughs> like weird. okay, it it feels like it feels like um, there's a bunch of steps missing from reviewing Pokemon from and reviewing PC games. But sure, <laughs> um, everybody has the right to review whatever games they want to review, right? Yeah. <laughs> so at least, uh, yeah, I mean. As of right now, which is kind of unfortunate because before um, it was the highest rated Pokemon game since Pokemon Sun. But I think some more reviews came in and it brought it down. So it used to be 87 and now it's down to 85 on Metacritic. Um, Pokemon Sun still stands at the top at 87, which. Really? I don't know. Like, I think, again, I'll come to it in what we've been playing, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of a little bit of disappointing if it's down just because of the graphics. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least it's. I mean, that discourse is not as big as the discourse that came mere what twenty four hours before our next episode went live. Yep. Thank you, thank you, Microsoft. Jeez, the freaking news! Like, for, like first we had to deal with this nonsense from Nintendo. And Sony always does their crap, like with Gran Turismo doing a state of play just as we're going live. Yep. And then, like, out of flipping, no, like, first of all, did you think that this was going to happen? No, I did not expect Like, this. there was zero rumblings. Like, the only thing we heard was, we're not done yet with acquisitions. But that was like, you're, you're expecting like them to sweep in and buy Kojima Productions. Or I've been saying, hey, they're going to buy a Japanese publisher or developer because, you know, that's... I still hope they don't. Uh, I'm so scared right now. I still hope they well, don't. Well, clearly with this move, they showed everything is possible. Yeah, so mm. like, like they don't have a strong foothold in, in Japan. So like buying a Japanese publisher slash developer 
could help uh, in that regard, you know? So I was like, yeah, they'll probably buy Square Enix or they'll buy Konami or they'll buy, I don't know, whoever, they'll buy Sega, you know? They'll buy someone from Japan, but not like the biggest or not. Yeah, 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 just, yeah. I want to, let's say the second biggest, the, actually, no. I think are they are the, the biggest, biggest Western yeah. developer. Yeah. Yeah, crap, they are. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy if you really think about it. Yep. Because the like the only like okay, so obviously we're talking about the the whole Activision Blizzard King Microsoft purchase. Yep. Um and that is really big because there's a lot of what's the best way to say there's a lot of tentacles in that story. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of branching paths to where we are today. And it is not even over yet because the purchase won't be completed until next year, mid next year, mid next year, 2023, like June, June, July, 2023, which is really crazy to think about. Uh, Yeah. Because it's a lot that they bought. They they have the most profitable franchise in gaming under their belt now. Call of Duty. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, Candy Crush. Uh, no, well, I don't know, but I know. I'm Call pretty Duty sure is... Candy Crush make no, no joke. I'm pretty sure Candy Crush makes them way more money than Call of Duty does. It's just that we are not aware of probably. it. We don't play Candy Crush. Yeah, probably. And that's one of the reasons why they bought them is because of King. The other reason why they bought them is because, well, do we even have to get into the whole Activision Blizzard? sexual harassment stuff again i mean at this point everybody knows at least that it uh, you know that the culture at activision blizzard is probably the most toxic thing in yeah. all of the gaming industry yeah, the the the, um, the the annoying part or like the the bad part of this deal is that bobby Kotick will get a graceful exit from the company next year he will get 293 million dollars as like uh oh he's gonna get a more like, he's gonna get a lot more yeah, yeah but like he's gonna get that to to piss off and then he still has his stock in activision which probably made him gazillions because he's a shareholder and microsoft offered a crazy deal of course so, uh on buying them so like he he's probably a billionaire by now well let me put it this way from what i've seen in the reportings he stands to gain almost like six and a half, six and a half hundred million dollars by the end of the day. Yeah, million or billion? Million. Six hundred fifty. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Because I thought you said six and a half. I'm like, that's not a lot. But six hundred fifty. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Six hundred fifty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm not happy with that. And you know my stance on Bobby Kotick. Like I told, like the day they purchased, well, they they announced that they're going to be acquiring Activision Blizzard. Remember what I said? Like what Phil Spencer should do to Bobby Kotick. Yep. I'm not gonna repeat it here because I, that would probably be liable for slander or something. It had something to do with the way he should fire Bobby Kotick. And the problem right now is that because the deal is not set yet. They can't do anything, so he's still the CEO. Yep, until the merger is complete. Until the merger is complete and then Phil takes over, 
But it's not like they're going to keep him around. No, like, they've already all, said it that gonna... he's gone the moment the takeover is done. Well, they didn't say it officially, but well, that's pretty much the. Well, general I think they like they hinted at as in June he's gone next year. No, they hint again, not officially. Like they uh. hinted at it. Um, but yeah, again, he stands to make a lot of money out of this, and I'm not happy about that because that dude did not deserve that, that, that any of that. And people are still suffering for it, and people are getting laid off because that's what acquisitions do, which sucks. Yep. But at least there is a spark of hope that whatever Activision Blizzard turns into once it's been fully acquired will be a better place to work. I, that is the only good thing that I can look forward to. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine that because Microsoft basically becomes the biggest first-party developer in the world now because of this merger or takeover. Um, it took them a while to get here. But like, I can't imagine them just pumping out new IP and existing IP after one another because that's kind of the thing with Activision is that they eventually got to the point where they were just doing Call of Duty. Because I cannot... Well, they are... Blizzard is working on a new IP. Yeah, yeah but like... The Activision part of the company just came to the point where they were just doing Call of Duty every year. Because I cannot think of any other IP they did or like brand new IP no, they, they did. No, they did stuff. Well, they didn't do new IP. They gave Spyro and Crash a shot. And when that didn't sell as much as they would have liked, they were like, okay, yeah, well, I guess we're not doing that again. Yeah. And then like Blizzard, of course, does their thing. And they, of course, announced a new game last week. Um, which has no title. It looks cool, but it feels like a diversion. They're hiring. Yeah, but it feels like something that they're doing to kind of like take the uh, attention or the heat away. So Well, they're they're doing everything in their power to do that. But the real interesting thing, actually, is when the talk started. Like, you would imagine that stuff like that took months maybe years right yeah so like it, it happened last year i think somewhere over the christmas it happened in november yeah it happened over christmas so apparently like bobby kotick was shopping around activision blizzard because well outside of the fact that all that stuff came out about activision blizzard apparently financially financially activision blizzard wasn't doing as hot I cannot believe that. I simply do not believe that. Well, apparently it's true. But just because they're not doing hot doesn't mean that Bobby Kotick wasn't making money. Yeah. There's the big difference. Yeah. So apparently that's why he was shopping it around. And like the Activision Blizzard game has become quite toxic. And he needed to make a quick turnaround for him and his buddies. So his idea was, you know, and of course for the shareholders, it was like, well, the best thing I could do is sell the whole company and make a lot of money and then get myself a big fat golden parachute. Maybe that's the reason why the board didn't kick him out because he kind of kept them happy with, I'm going to sell the company, which is going to make you even more money. If you kick me out, then you're in deeper shit than, than with me. So I'm the lesser of two evils. Oh no, he's still way, 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 way evil. He's yeah, not yeah, but like that's probably the pitch he gave the shareholders. Like, I'm the lesser yeah. of two evils, even though the oh, media yeah, hates definitely. me and wants to, to, to bur- kill or burn me or something. But I'm the lesser of two evils, and the shareholders yeah. probably like, yeah, that is true. 
yeah. At least when it comes to like like gaming companies, man. Sheesh. Well, actually, yeah. I think yeah, if I mean, this had happened at a tech company, he would have been kicked out a long time ago. Oh, pff, yeah. You can't save your hide by trying to sell uh, or merger or whatever. Yeah. Uh, at tech companies, unless you're a startup. So. You know, but like I mean, like if this, if the, he if he was a, if this was a tech company. He would have been yeah. kicked out by the board last year already when the scandal oh, yeah, started. Yeah, yeah. Then he would have resigned and then they would have given us a standard PR bullshit. I've done some bad things in my life and I want to take this time to focus on the things in my life that matter, like my family, the blah, de, blah, de, blah, yeah. you know, the standard PR response. Yeah. Because that's what, uh, for example, mm. happened at Ubisoft when the creative director of Assassin's Creed quit because he's like, yeah, I want to focus yeah. on my family. I'm like, mm. you're, that's not going to save your ass. Oh man, that was so funny! And then it came out what it is like. Oh, that's why you left. Okay, yeah, yep. well, you're a scumbag. Bye, nobody will miss you. Yeah, even though he made really great Assassin's Creed games. That's kind of the ironic part, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, at this point, there's a lot to think about because for like the longest time, Activision Blizzard, like you said, hasn't done a lot outside of like Call of Duty. I mean. World of Warcraft is not the biggest uh, MMORPG that is now Final Fantasy XIV. So big, in fact, that Final Fantasy XIV had to stop sales for like a month and a half so they could shore up their servers. Yeah, it's crazy. They they literally stopped selling Final Fantasy XIV and stopped all advertisement of Final Fantasy XIV because why advertise something you can't sell? By the way, the Final Fantasy XIV ads are back, which means that it's on sale again. Yeah. Which is super crazy. That is like the weirdest. I don't think even in like even peak Blizzard never had something like no. this happen to them. It's a very luxurious and the community position. was cool about it. Yeah. Oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, but I think that if you look at the appeal for Activision Blizzard, I would almost say it's just the name or the the past or the reputation. As in, oh, they got a lot of IPs. Yeah, but like no, but like I mean. If you think if the without the, the takeover, if you think about Activision Blizzard, you're like, it's just reputation because they brought out amazing games in the past, like Diablo and Overwatch and a Call, a Call of Duty and Prototype and Gun and whatever they brought out. It's like stuff they're they they they're using up credit for stuff they earned years ago, but it's not like they did anything new in this past generation. I mean, the whole Destiny's thing was a debacle in the end. And Bungie just went their own way and started to self-publish Destiny because they had the whole lawsuit as eventually when they started selling. The, the, even before Destiny came out, they had the whole lawsuit. And then the, half yeah. of the game was already out on the street or the details were out there. So, I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. they make great Call of Duty games once in a while, but that's it. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much it for that. Um, yeah, I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. It's just, it's. I think the most the like the. I don't want to say the funny part, but the the weird part of it all is, like, IP like Spyro and Crash now being owned by Microsoft. Yeah, despite the fact that they still like Sony should have outright bought those IPs 
years ago. Yeah. And then add it to their rosters. Yep. But they didn't because for reasons beyond me. And now it's too late. Yep. Yeah. The, not the only th- not the only thing they have is Sly and Ratchet and Clank. And even Sly is like to a lesser extent because they haven't released a new Sly game in years. Yeah. I know. And who knows what, what the Sucker Punch will do next. I don't think they're going to go back to Sly because they let that go. They moved on. Yeah. I mean, like the, the, the good part is that at least three Call of Duty titles will be coming to PlayStation. And Phil Spencer has said that they intend to honor all previous agreements. So like until the, they expire. Yeah, until they expire. So that's probably like the, the DLC coming earlier to PlayStation. And that probably includes those three years of Call of Duty. But I mean it's gonna be so weird. Yeah, but I cannot imagine Phil Spencer's thinking like, oh, we'll just take Call of Duty away from PlayStation. Because with Minecraft they didn't do it as well. So either no. I, the the thing I see happening is either they say like we'll let Warzone be multi-platform and then we'll just keep Call of Duty exclusive to Xbox so people have a reason to buy Xbox or play mm-hmm. on our platform, or they'll be like, you know what, we don't even care, just have it come out on PlayStation because we still make money off of it at the end of the day, and we make a lot of money off of it at the end of the day. That is actually a very good point. But who knows? I mean, they could just say. Uh, you know, suck it and uh, um, buy Xbox, guy, buy Game Pass, or no more Call of Duty for you. Yeah, I mean they could do that if they wanted to. They can. I mean, they have yeah. like they're like the thing that shocked me the most was the amount that they pur- purchased Activision Blizzard for, like sixty eight point seven billion dollars. Yep, which is hilarious because when they bought um, ZeniMax, that was like what eight. 7 billion like and people that. are like that is crazy they will never do something that big again yeah and then uh, then and then they said oh ho, 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 my sweet child we're not done yet not even by a long shot not even not even close yep and then the most annoying part is is that people are like because that's apparently what happened on what always happens on the internet I, I i'm not on twitter so i miss out on that thank god People are like, Sony needs to get their act together. Sony needs to go out yeah. and buy stuff. Sony needs to counteract. And the way Sony counteracted the announcement was the best way they could. They just dropped the Horizon Forbidden West story trailer and everybody went nuts over it. I mean, that's the I best way to, to do it. Trailer. It's a nice trailer. I mean, like, they did that and then two, and then they dropped another meet the behind the scenes video a couple of days later. And then last week, the previews for Forbidden West went online and people are raving about it. So, like, they didn't have to go out and spend billions to make an impression. They just did what they had. Yeah. And, like, even then, Sony doesn't have the money to go outright and buy. Because everybody was like, Sony needs to buy EA. I'm like, well, first off. They don't have the money for that. They don't have the money for that. And if they do have the money for some reason, they should not buy EA. They should buy Ubisoft or they should go out and buy another Japanese publisher. But they should definitely not go out and buy EA, you know. But also, it's not their it's not their move. They they said yeah. we're not ma- we're not doing random acquisitions. Our acquisitions are really strategic. Our acquisitions are, are deliberate, and we don't care if you're big or small. If you fit in the family, we will buy you if it makes sense. Exactly, which is why the why the play. play well, that's also one of the reasons why the PlayStation Studios brand is actually really good. Like it's surprisingly strong. Um, I think. At least right now, because if you look at Microsoft's acquisitions, 
Like everything that they own right now, right? Between all the studio individual studios that they bought, between the Zenimax stuff and now with the Activision stuff, it feels a slight bit random. It is. But at least with the Activision purchase, I could say, yeah, even if it was something that was essentially handed to them on a silver platter, um, it makes sense because they still don't have a lot of family-friendly IPs, which Candy Crush and, to a certain extent, Crash and Spyro adds to Mm -hmm. the mix. Um, They have Toys for Bob now, which are really good with with those kind of games. And they try to bring Spyro and uh, and Crash back. But when that failed in Activision's eyes, or in Bobby Kotick's stupid eyes, um, he, uh, they were roped back into doing stuff for, for, uh, for Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, why is like your solution sent? They didn't work out? Oh, let them do Call of Duty stuff. Like, what is the point of that? Yep. Yeah, I, I, the part I like about PlayStation Studios is that it, it seems, or maybe that's the idea, is that the studios complement each other. So it's not like, oh, let's yeah. buy a studio that makes shooters because we don't have a studio that makes a shooter. And then they go out and buy it. No, they're like, they just look at that, like, okay, what's our audience and what kind of games do we generally make? And what would be like a fitting acquisition or like a complementary acquisition for this studio? Because they have that... I still forget their name. Is it Deviant Studios or Deviant Games? You know, the one that mm-hmm. announced themselves last year and then they had this yeah. sales pitch during their their announcement. And they were like, we're going to make super innovative games. Like everybody says yeah, they're yeah, going to yeah, make yeah, super yeah. innovative games. So that's like, if we're going to yeah, do the one, it, the one that was, uh, was, was it like helmed by former... It's former Call of Duty staff. And like they yeah, have yeah, multiple yeah. people, but the, there are people from Call of Duty in there. And then yeah, the higher ups are former Call of Duty. Yeah, so like with that studio, I'm like, if it's actually the good people, they might actually be able to become like a new respawn because respawn pulled it off, you know, because they split from. We didn't even more. talk about respawns news. Oh, of course, yeah. Well, we'll mention that in a bit. Yeah. Do you want to finish your thought or? Yeah. So like, they have the potential for this company to be the new respawn if, if the people they actually hired or in their studio are actually good instead of just saying fancy generic stuff like we're gonna be super innovative but and that the was sa- so fun yeah and the same goes for for Raven, for haven studios jade raymond's new mm-hmm. studio like that yeah. could be the next assassin's creed studio because they did some good stuff over at motive like star wars battlefront 2 people might hate it but that's still a good game uh so like if they're thinking in that direction, they have a lot of cool stuff they can lean on to because Sony's doing a lot of open world and they could just have a shooter and a new open world IP there up with it. Uh, and mm-hmm. probably they don't even want to compete with Call of Duty or Halo, but inadvertently you will. And if it works, why not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and like I was saying, like, um, the uh, oh why am I flaking on their name right now? You just said it. Deviant Games. No, not Deviant. Oh, Haven. No, not Haven. Ooh. We just talked about they're gonna do new three new uh, Star Trek. Star oh, Wars uh, movies. Respawn movies, games. Respawn. Thank you. Respawn is doing three more Star Wars games. Yes. And one of them is is Jedi Forgotten Order. Fallen Order too. Fallen Order. Sorry. <laughs> Why did I say Forgotten Order? I don't know. I don't know. I'm weird today. Yeah. So I'm, the- I'm, I'm kind of. 
Yeah. I'm kind of hyped today. Yeah, they're doing Jedi Fallen Order 2. They're doing a first-person shooter in an RP, in like another universe, so it's not Battlefront. And they're also doing a strategy game. Yeah, that one is weird. Which is hinted at being like a sequel to Empire at War, which was a really great strategy game. But it is helmed by former Phyrexis, uh, former Phyrexis developers. Yep. So um, it could be like so a turn-based civilization. It could be like an ex. It could be an XCOM kind of thing. Yeah. 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 But not, still, not the civilization guys, but the XCOM guys. Is Phyrexis not also the guys that did Civilization? Yeah, but the ones that they hired specifically worked on XCOM. Ah, okay. Well, then we might get something like a Gears Tactics, but then in a Star Wars shell. I don't mind, because that's still cool. Yeah, the first-person shooter one is like... Why not just have... And then I remembered what DICE has been doing lately, and I'm like, oh, you know what? Actually, that might not be a bad idea. But I think, like, as interesting as it is, a lot of people are kind of bitter about it. That what? Because it's because that means still no Titanfall three. Oh yeah, yeah. But I think in a way that the success of Apex is showing that there is a market for it. It's just that like I think Respawn is in that position that they're actually uh, they're in a luxury position. Like they have so many great mm. games going for them, and they just don't have the time and the resources to do it all at once. Whereas Normally, a developer works on something for years and hopes it becomes something good, but now they've like they've churned out some some games that are all great games. So they're like in this position, like we just want to do more of this, but we're just a limited. We, we're a small studio, so we can't do all of it. You know. Yeah, true. It's kind of funny considering the fact that EA is the reason why Disney decided to diversify Star Wars games, like pub, uh, like publishing yep. and development and uh respawn is the reason why they still are able to make star wars games yeah because i think that the besides maybe battlefront 2 but that one had like a mixed reception in the beginning i think out of the whole licensing jedi fallen order is the only good star wars game that came out of it i still need to play that by the way. it's a great game i finished it last year I, you can lend it for me if you want i have it on disc Want to know the really ironic part? Oh, you also have it, but it's for PS5. Yeah, you want it in a giveaway, yeah. I want it in a giveaway, but the reason why I even applied for that giveaway is because if I were to have it, that would be literally my first PlayStation 5 game. I'm still not getting a PlayStation 5. It's just that, like, with the PlayStation Vita, I bought a game in advance that I knew... Or, not a bot. I tried to get a game in advance that I know that I'm going to like, and once I have the system, that's something to start off with. Yeah. I mean, it's a great game. And um, it, uh, it, I've said it before when I played it at the time. It feels like Uncharted meets God of War or like a Dark Souls sauce on it. It's a great game. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people really raving about it. So I'm looking forward to the day that I finally get to play it. Yeah. Hopefully before the sequel comes out. I think you're still a bit off before the sequel comes out. I think so too. Yeah. And I think with that, we've gone through uh, all the news that we uh, that we found interesting. Yeah. Let me just quickly so, glance and see if there's not anything breaking we're missing out on. Oh, gosh. Remember the last time we did something like that and just like something broke and it's like, oh, my goodness. Why the heck are you breaking news right now? Uh, this is so stupid. 
Oh, um, oh. Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two should get a reveal later this year. Uh, maybe at which tw- makes sense since the since this year is the twenty fifth anniversary of Final Fantasy VII. That's uh, exactly what. Uh, Gosh, it's been twenty five years. Yeah, that's what this is about. And then um, there are rumors that the Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven next gen version is coming out soon because the it's been spotted in some PlayStation Five database. Uh, yeah, the Blizzard new survival game is played in first person, has been in the works for four and a half years. Okay, I'm just reading off some headlines here. Um, the Halo TV series got its first proper trailer. Oh, it came out yesterday, I haven't watched it yet. I still have to watch it. Yeah, it looked really um, the teaser looked really good. Right yeah, oh, and there is one more thing Nintendo related, which kind of really sucks. Um, apparently Nintendo has been like copyright striking anything that has to do with, uh, more specifically like soundtrack channels. Like, you know, those, um, YouTube channels that just put out game soundtracks so mm-hmm. that everybody can listen to it. Yeah. Cause there's literally no other way to listen to certain game soundtracks. Yep. Yeah. Nintendo has been striking those down like 1300 of them. Oh, damn. Yeah. Which kind of sucks because... Although I understand why they're doing it, at the same time, I'm like, Nintendo, you have so many great IPs with so many great soundtracks. Why on earth do you not have that stuff available to listen? Put it on, like, Spotify. Put it on Apple Music. Put it on, like, Google Music. I don't care. Put it somewhere where people can listen to it, like, officially and stop being... So weird sometimes. Create your own streaming service and sell it as a supplement to Nintendo Online. Honestly, I would not even... like. Oh, people would really, really be upset about that if they did that. <laughs> but know. honestly, I would not even care. People would still buy I it. I would pay for that. Yes, I would legit... like. I'd be like, I can listen to every soundtrack that Nintendo games have ever put out. Sign me up. Yeah. I would totally get it. Because like Nintendo games like have so many good songs. Especially recently, especially since, um, like the 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 the, the I want to say like since the, the the Wii U days and like the Wii days and the 3DS days, like the songs have just gotten better. Like Mario games now have are like live music in it. It's crazy, and it's all good. The only thing you can find on like any music thing right now is Jump Up Superstar, which is like the main theme from um super mario odyssey that's the only thing that's officially been released by nintendo on like streaming services and it makes absolutely no sense (laughs) why is that the only thing available i don't know (sighs) just nintendo like gosh darn it why do you do this stuff like this sometimes like it doesn't hurt their bottom line anyways uh no (sighs) i don't know it's stupid i i saw it before we started recording i wanted to make it an article and then I totally forgot about it because then I re- got reminded about Bobby Kotick and just that kind of thing. And your blood started to boil. I do not like that person. Oh, you're right, though. I know. Person. You've made that pretty clear over the last five, <laughs> six episodes. Yeah. And also, I, didn't wanna, I did not want to talk about any kind of NFT nonsense. So Those are like, I don't like NFTs at all. And I don't want to talk about it. It is 
the thing is it's become it's like it ha it's happening more and more in the gaming industry and it's becoming really really scary even microsoft is like not immune to this i think so, uh youtube is also going to start to allow uh, nfts they said that all right so <laughs> i'm sorry that just that just really made me sad it's just um, like it's the latest thing like microtransactions was so this feels like the latest thing and I'm like, please just stay away. Just, just don't do this. Because it's just, no. At least with microtransactions, I can kind of get, I can kind of understand it and I can accept it unless the microtransactions are crap. You know, like if it's cool cosmetic stuff, it's fine, right? If you're doing stupid nickel and diming stuff, progression gating with money, then no. This is next level nonsense yep. and I will not stand for it. Yep. But I think, yeah, I think I, I think nothing else is really that. That's that, it, basically. Yeah, I think that's it. Stick around and we'll right. be back. With what we've been playing. Yeah. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to second segment which is of course what we've been playing so sean templar what have you been playing i've actually been playing a lot lately um so for some hit on me for some reason i don't know why so my switch has been gathering dust since last year pokemon unite came out um mm -hmm. so i suddenly started to play stardew valley i don't know why because i had bought it last year but because there's no tutorial it just throws you in there mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I don't like this. I want to know how this game works, you know? And then I played with uh, someone else on the PC in co-op, and then they showed me, like, the ropes, and then I was like, okay. So one night, one evening, I just grabbed my Switch on the couch, and I turned on some podcasts in the on my uh, in the living room, and I was just playing um, Stardew Valley. And before I know it, I completely drained the battery of my Switch that evening, so I probably played for hours. And uh, yeah, I got hooked on Stardew Valley. And I got to say, it's pretty fun. Um, if I just don't know stuff or can't figure it out, I just Google it because there's like loads of wikis, of course. Um, but you know, there's I'm, even a visual guidebook that you can buy. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. Like well, a really nice one. Yeah, really I, I want that one. So I'm trying to find it so I can buy it. And um, yeah, I mean, like it's like a rush when you just plant, sow your crops or you plant stuff and then you just wait a couple of days and then you, you can harvest them and then you go and sell them off and you get a gazillion gold coins. It just feels so satisfying. Um, I did make like a, a calculation error in uh, a season lasts 28 days and there are specific crops that can only survive in one season. So like I had bought a lot of cauliflowers in the summer, but it takes 12 days for them to be harvested. And I didn't calculate that. So I planted them at the end of a season without knowing how long a season lasts. So, And then they all die. Yeah. So from one day to another, we switched seasons and all my crops were dead. And I could just like cry and like, no. And I almost wanted to start over again. I'm like, no, I must persevere. I must go on. So, uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of that. And... Um, I'm actually thinking you know, about... You know, if you wanted a co-op partner, you could have just asked me since I've been asking you for months. I know, I know. Now, since I've gotten the ropes I can of it, I know how to play it, so I can ask you. 
and I would have it well. Um, I'm also considering, but it feels more like an impulse buy. So that's why I'm holding off on it. But I saw this sweet deal where you can trade in your old Switch and then pay 149 and get a Switch OLED. Um, so I'm considering that because it's like pretty sweet deal. Uh, it's only it's cool. only the white one, and I actually don't want the white one. I want the the, the neon one, but uh, maybe I'll still take the white one. And then, uh, so I'm considering that, but I want to play like I want to play more on my Switch to be able to justify doing that. Uh, and mm-hmm. I also want to play Pokemon Brilliant Diamond or Shining Pearl or whatever it's called and Arceus. So um, you know, I'm not in a rush to play them. Um, you can borrow my copy of Diamond Pokemon Diamond because. After what I'm going to be talking about, you know why I'm not going to touch that one anytime soon again. I will take you up on the offer. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then I've, uh, of course, been playing a little bit of Total War Three Kingdoms. Um, the game has, of course, changed a lot. And I've seen that I've put in over 121 hours already. So I was like, okay, nice. So there's a lot of updates since I last played it. So I'm trying to get the hang of it again. Um, but it's, it's looking fun. I'm, I'm enjoying myself slowly. Making China grow larger again. Um, yes, that's what we love to hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, I've stopped playing Battlefield 2042 because I felt like auto aim wasn't working properly on console. And that was one of the reasons why I kept dying. And then I started to investigate a little bit. And it turns out that auto aim is actually broken. It works sometimes and it doesn't work sometimes. And DICE released a patch which was supposed to fix it. But then one of the developers on Twitter said like, yeah, actually the patch didn't do as much. It's really broken and we're still working on it. And I'm like, how can you release a game on console where auto aim is broken? You just can't do that, you know? (laughs) At least give me mouse and keyboard support then if it's broken. Um, so we had like a patch last week. It didn't do much. And we're getting a big patch in February. It's going to add scoreboards again because, you know, that's like a basic feature that wasn't in there from the start. Um, Which is kind of funny because they called it like a legacy yeah, thing. And it's yeah. like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, that's definitely not a legacy feature. It's an essential feature. So that, no that Yeah, they're probably going to... Like f- voice chat. Yeah, that's also something that's going to be added. Um, so they'll probably do a lot of that. And then, um, so I'm like taking a break. And then last Friday, the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection came out. And if you own, um, Uncharted 4 or Lost Legacy or the digital bundle, you can upgrade to the Legacy of Thieves collection for 10 bucks, which I did. Um, and I played Uncharted 4, A Thieves End in 60 FPS, which is really nice. It's just so buttery smooth. There's even a full HD 120 FPS mode, but I haven't tried that. Um, mm. I'm just okay with the 60 FPS. Um, and yeah, I, I'm to my surprise, I, I finished it yesterday because I literally started playing it on Friday the whole day. And then I played a little bit of it on Saturday. And then I played a lot of it on Sunday and I finished it yesterday. I'm like, dang. Yeah, I was I was totally swept up by it again because I love Uncharted. So I was like completely in it. And then now yeah. I need to play The Lost Legacy. So I'm in a bit in doubt if I should play The Lost Legacy and then Horizon Zero Dawn because I kind of want to play Horizon Zero Dawn again before Forbidden West comes out in two weeks or a little bit over mm. two weeks. You uh, make a good point. Yeah, because I'm going to do a new game plus in Horizon Zero Dawn, but um, it's still a big open world game. You know, there's lots to do. And I might actually try to get the Platinum this time. So, um, yeah. Okay. I'm not sure yet. Well, I'll see about that. And then 
Uh, yeah, that's that's basically what I've been playing. Hey, all right. Yeah, what have you been playing? Uh, well, I was thinking of playing Horizon Zero Dawn again, but specifically like the the DLC stuff because I haven't finished that yet. That's cool. Frozen Wilds are really nice. Frozen. I want to try out. I want to see if I can beat Frozen Wilds before. Uh, well, I don't think I'm gonna get Forbidden West at launch because I'm I I don't know if, how far I'll be with Pokemon Legends um, at that point. You have um, 18 days. Make them count. I don't know, man. Pokemon Legends, man, it's got me good. You have 18 days. Really make good. them count. <laughs> it's got me really good. I'm sorry. It's so good. I love it. Oh man, like. Again, like I agree, like I said in the new segment, I agree with like the whole graphical things to a certain degree, but I feel like at least with Legends, they did they tried to hide it a bit with the art art style, and it works to a certain degree. But I'm sorry, the grind is just too good. Really, the grind is just so much. It's so fun because you know what it is. Like if you've played like classic Pokemon games, right? I played Pokemon Red and I played Sword or Shield, one of the two. Well, you can't get more classic than Pokemon Red and Blue, so yeah. Um, so if you look at that structure, right? It's you're a kid, you know, it's your tenth birthday, and you're finally getting your first Pokemon, and then you set off into the world. You get a bunch of random, random Pokemon battles, and then you head to a gym. You do the gym, and then you head off to the next place. And there may or may not be like a evil corporation or an evil team that's trying to destroy the world, or not. If you're if you played uh, uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield, there isn't really an evil team. They're just a bunch of groupies for this one Pokemon trainer, um, which is like the weirdest thing, but also the coolest thing at the same time. Um, because I think they kind of realized that the whole evil team trying to the to take over the world or destroy the world or reshape the world or destroy the universe is kind of played out which it is like you there's only so much you can do with a storyline that like like that and i think they kind of peaked with pokemon um like with pokemon uh, uh black and white they kind of peaked with that i mean pokemon x and y had an evil t- had an evil team but even that didn't really do a lot. Like they did try to destroy the whole world, granted. But I don't know. It's it still felt like the weakest part of the game. Uh, even like Sun and Shield technically also had an evil corporation, but they weren't evil. They were just misguided. Mm-hmm. You know, like at at that point, it doesn't matter anymore. And like so, I, like I said. Sword and Shield didn't really have an evil team. They were just a bunch of groupies for a for a specific um, Pokemon trainer, um, and they were basically like soccer hooligans. So this does not have an evil team, as far as I can tell. Um, I'm still fairly early in the game, and it's structured completely different. You still have, you kind of still have Pokemon trainers in there. There are. Other people you can battle in the game as part of the story, but it's mostly mission based. Okay. So if you look at it, like the whole the game is not fully open world, but the zones are pretty big, which is nice. They kind of remind me of um, the recent uh, Monster Hunter games, where you have a hub 
you have a hub village called Jubilife Village. And that's where you go to do like your hub stuff. And then once you're done, you can set out to one of the zones and you lock, you unlock the zones gradually, like in Monster Hunter World or any other Monster Hunter game. And you have missions that you can do. You can get requests from the hub. There are main missions that you complete for the story. Um, the story is actually pretty good. It's really text heavy, this game. Oh, wow. Like the first two hours is like a lot of press A, press A, press A. Because apparently Game Freak has also never heard of auto continue. Because the text does not auto continue. There's also no voice acting, but I think that's, I think at this point that has more to do with the fact that they don't want to waste precious data on voice acting. That because like the Pokemon take a lot of data, like they take up a lot of data in the games, which is something that also a lot of people don't realize. Like all the Pokemon have semi unique animations, um, they have semi unique attacks, but the attacks are interchangeable between Pokemon. Which, by the way, the attacks look like really cool in this game. And the battles, oh my gosh. I like I'm kind of all over the place, but the battles are so good. <laughs> are you gonna They're so much better than they used to be? I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna well, no, tomorrow would be Thursday. I don't know. Um my schedule's kinda like now that the lockdown is over, everything is kind of returning back to normal. So my streaming schedule is unfortunately gonna take a beating. Um but whenever I get the chance to stream it, I will stream it. Mm. And oh my god, it's just so much fun. I haven't even had a lot of time to play it. I think I've only I'm only 10 hours in. But gosh darn it. Like from like catching Pokemon to battling Pokemon to doing the missions, like the whole grind is just like it's different. Cause now the way that battles work is it's still turn-based, but now you have an order list. Like, if you've played Final Fantasy, I want to say Final Fantasy X, the battle mechanics should look familiar, because now you can switch between two different styles once you master... Once a Pokemon masters a move, you get to unlock two styles of that move. So you have the Agile style, which is not as powerful as the normal attack, but it will uh, but it can allow you to attack multiple times before the opposing pokemon does and then you have strong style which allows your attack to be more powerful but it also means you're slower which means the other pokemon can attack you twice as much so you have it, it has like this balancing act that you're trying to pull with the battle mechanic outside of that you as a pokemon trainer um, you're not a Pokemon trainer. You're a researcher um, who, at this point, the game's out. So it's like minor spoilers for the beginning. So if you haven't played Arceus yet or you're planning on not playing it, skip the next 15 seconds. <laughs> the, in three, two, one. The main character is a time traveler. Oh, yeah, I did not see that coming because, like, none of the coverage mentions this fact. Okay. And that makes it way more interesting because you go, because you're, the game takes place 
in the past of like the the Pokemon uh, Diamond and Pearls um, region, so Sinnoh, and it back then it was called Hisui, and everything's old and the and people are still very afraid of Pokemon, and it's up to your research team the, that you join um, the Galaxy team to research Pokemon, create the first Pokedex because there's no Pokedex. So you're gathering information. That's whole, what the whole mission structure is about. Once you catch a Pokemon, you don't have all the necessary information about that Pokemon. You have to do certain requirements for each Pokemon. So like you, for example, one of the things that you have to do is you have to capture Pokemon multiple times. You have to see a Pokemon use specific moves a, a bunch of times, or you have to catch a Pokemon in stealth mode, which by the way, there is stealth in this game where you um, have to like hide in tall grass and then chuck a Pokeball at the Pokemon in the hopes that it catches them, which is really fun. So you have to like basically um, uh, solid snake it behind a Pokemon and like hide behind them, make as little noise as possible without getting their attention or waiting for them to fall asleep. Um, or you could even throw like a berry and it'll distract them because they'll eat the berry. They can sneak behind them and throw a pokeball. And it has a, it's really fun. Like the whole, the whole mechanic is really fun. And if you fail, it's not failure. You still have a chance to catch the Pokemon, but at that point you're kind of forced to battle them. Mm. They also might just run away, which is something that they can do. Like some Pokemon, they'll see you. Like the moment they they'll see you, they'll just like turn tail and like run. So you have to then chase them to catch them, or they'll run away and then you have to try again later. Um, and then there are Pokemon that once you get them in battle, they immediately run away. Mm. So it gives it, 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 despite the fact that people are like, oh, like the 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 world does not live, it does not feel like it's lived in, or like there are not a lot of Pokemon in there. The Pokemon themselves have a lot of personality, which is so cool to see. Like, a lot of Pokemon have personalities that you expect them to have from, like, the previous games. It's like, oh, yeah, I've read this Pokemon's, like, Pokedex entry for years, and that's exactly how I would see them respond. Like, Starly, which is a bird Pokemon, gets startled by humans. So as soon as it sees a human, it tries to fly away. Um... You have like this little cute Pokemon called Chinx, which is an electric type Pokemon. Yeah, it can use electricity. It does not care for you and it will shock you. <laughs> so does Pikachu, by the way, who as soon as it sees you, it'll try to shock you. And don't try and travel by night, or unless you're brave enough, you can travel by night and try and catch one of the ghost Pokemon who do not care for you. They will teleport you. They will try to make you fall asleep. And they will hurt you. Like, you can actually get hurt in this game. And, like, you can, like, get knocked out. Wow. Yeah. It is, like, there's so much more to talk about. about I don't want to take up a lot of time about uh, over this. But ah, there is so much about this game that is so good to me. And that's, what I've, that's the thing that I've been playing only recently. I've played other stuff. It's just that one's the one that really spoke to me. So I had I had to talk about it, obviously. The other thing that I've been playing is Teamfight Tactics. I don't know about which that. is which is a spin-off of League of Legends. Aha, uh-huh, okay. 
yeah, it's uh, what they call an auto chess game. So the whole point of it is it's kind of like the name suggests, it's kind of like a chess game, but the characters that you put on the board play automatically. They all have their own strengths and weaknesses and attacks um, and putting them in certain locations and putting them in certain positions, you know, makes it advantageous for your team against the other person's team. It's always, uh, it's always like this Red Robin style kind of a gameplay. So there's eight, pe- there are eight people on the board and it's always 1v1. Okay. So there's always four battles going at the same time. And you have to invest in getting like the best, like not the best heroes, but the best composition of heroes that you can put on the board. And then it's kind of like hope that you got the right composition. And then if they win, yay, you move on to the next round. And if you lose, you lose health. And once your health is all gone, you're out of the you're out of the round. And I'm going to be completely honest. I was not a fan of auto chess games. When it first came out, my my best friend tried to get me into it because he's into that kind of stuff. Um, he really likes it. He's been playing it for a while now. And I was always like, I don't like it. I tried it a couple of times when it first ha- when the phenomenon first hit and like a lot of people were playing it. And I was like, I don't really, I don't care. Like I tried different ones from different developers and it's not fun. And then, like, recently he got, like, he was like, we have to play, we have to play. I'm like, oh, for Pete's sake, fine, whatever. So I started playing, and again, I was not having fun. And then he made me this cheat sheet for this very specific composition of team. And that helped a lot for me. Like, that opened it up for me, because now I wasn't just picking random characters and putting them on the board and not caring. I was actually trying to get to that composition, because you can't, you can't build the team that you want to build from the get-go. You have to work your way towards it. Because you start off with like weak champions and with each round and like the better you do and the more money you make during each round, you get the ability to get better champions. And the better champions you get, the higher probability to have of winning. Um so it scratches a really interesting itch that I didn't even think I had. And now I'm like really into it. I like I used to only play with him. Now I play it without him. I've actually won a bunch of like not a bunch. I've what I've really won a few games, which is really cool. Like the first time I won a game, I was so excited. I was like, yo, dude. So I was like, yo, bro, I like I'm on the verge of winning. I'm on the verge of winning. Where are you? It's like he was like at work. He was like, oh my goodness. So I sent him like the victory screen. He's like, look, I won, I won. It's because of your it's because of the cheat sheet you made. I won. I'm so happy. And that was like uh, when that ha- like that match, when I did that on my own, because when I play with him, I always play with him on Discord. So he, he like he can always give me hints. And like uh, I keep asking him, like, you know, should I do this? Like, should I do this? And at that point, he was not there. So it was just me and the cheat sheet. Nice. And I just had to use my own experience and my own wits to get it. And I finally got the dub. And it was like the best thing ever. Which is kind of weird. Because I went from like completely hating the whole thing to like actually really lo- liking it. I might. And this is kind of. I haven't told him yet. Because I, he said like, you should stream this. I think you would enjoy streaming this. So I was like. I'm never going to stream this game because I do not like this game. 
And now I'm thinking of this would be fun to stream with other people. Why not? Yeah. So I the only problem is like a match can take up to like 45 minutes. Like a whole, like from start to finish, like if you're doing like everything and like following the winner, it's like 45 minutes. That's okay. And I I stream an average of two hours. So that would be like two matches. So I have to figure out if, if, if I'm going to do TFT, it would be on days that I can stream for longer so I can actually showcase more matches. Yeah. But I, is that, oh yeah, I tried to finish brilliant diamond before uh, pokemon legends came out but um i only got halfway and then i was like you know what why am i playing something i'm not enjoying when i know something that i will be enjoying is right around the corner so i stopped so again if you want to b- borrow brilliant diamond it's all yours i uh, i'll take you up on the offer <laughs> Oh my goodness! That like playing that, especially looking at it back, uh, looking back at it now, like I already said it back when it first came out. This is the worst remake that they have, the the worst Pokemon remake they have ever put out, because it is very by the numbers. It is very safe. It is not fun. Like if you like Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, more love to you. Like it is not my thing. For me personally, it is not my thing. That's okay. And is that it? Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, I played a little bit of Kerbal Space Program on the stream again, and gosh darn it, I miss playing Kerbal. I do not play enough Kerbal. I really should play more Kerbal. Our uh, our mutual friend was there too to support me. I heard that. And that was really fun because I was able to... I think... I don't know if you were there the last time I played Kerbal, but I tried to make a uh, lunar orbit and then go back to the planet. And then when I tried to go back to the planet, I crash landed on the planet because I warped. This I time, luckily for us, our mutual friend was there. He reminded me, don't forget to hit F5 to, to quick save so that if it goes wrong, you can go back. I was like, yo, thank you so much for reminding <laughs> me. Because, it, because I did it again. Well, not the same way. I came in too hot, so the the craft blew up like in entry because oh, I was man. uh whoa whoops I was coming in way too steep, so there was way too much friction and like the whole thing exploded and I was uh. like oh thank goodness for quick save so I went back I recalculated everything I came in at a more um a more horizontal angle and. Everything went perfectly, and I landed, and it was so awesome. He has a platinum for it on the PS4. I can imagine, since he's basically a rocket scientist. Yeah. And he's got a lot of hands, of timers in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one way to do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what I've been playing. All right. Cool. I think so... with that, uh, we've come to an end of another episode of Game Rivals. Um, thank you, you all for tuning in as always we appreciate your support you can find us on all your major favorite podcasting platforms apple podcast uh, google spotify stitcher wherever you listen to your podcast we're probably there um, you can reach out to us by email game rivals feedback at gmail.com um, we're also putting this up on youtube uh, we'll put the link in the description so you can check us out there um we're on Twitter, game underscore rivals underscore. Uh, Maximilian is also on Twitter, at Maximilian. 
Um, you can find us on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Maximilian underscore X and uh, slash Sean Templar. Uh, we're on Instagram uh, at Maximilian underscore X and at Game Rivals. And um, that's it, I think. You sure you don't want to add one more to that? And it is I don't the other one. TikTok that we talked about. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're also. On I TikTok. mean, we are on there technically. Yeah, we're on TikTok. We don't do a lot with it yet, but we're on TikTok. Um, it's at Game Rivals. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's basically it. And on that note, I have been and always will be Sean Templar. And I have been and I'll always be Maximilian X. And we'll catch you on the next one. Later. Later.